Welcome back to the Jasmine Star Show, a podcast where we talk about getting real with business, the art of growing it, changing our old patterns and getting new results. Okay. So in our last conversation, I explained the process of applying for and joining my first mastermind. Now, if you didn't listen to that episode and you want to learn more, please be sure to pause this conversation and mosey on over to episode 326. That's the one right before this one. And you will then learn why I'm picking up the conversation here at this juicy point because mm, it's juicy. But without hearing the backstory of how we got here, I'm afraid that you might have like opinions about what I'm about to say. That will give you the backstory and the history of how I built up to what I'm about to share. So if we begin where we left off, I had invested $25,000 in a mastermind. Yes, I nearly had a panic attack agreeing to that investment. I go into it in episode 326. But if I decided to learn one new way to grow my business, I mean, make money in that mastermind, that it would pay back what I invested. It was just a simple question. Could I find one revenue stream that brought in $25,000? And my answer was, I believed I could. Six months later, I launched a new project that earned $255,000. So it's really important to denote that I went in with the goal and the hope of making $25,000 and I was using a framework of my own personal capacity. What did I think I could do as a business owner on my own based on things that I have done in my past? And I thought, I think I can do this 25,000. It was a stretch and it was scary and it was such a big risk. But what I failed to see then was that the culmination of being around 20 other brilliant people was what poured in the knowledge and the wisdom and the experience that empowered me to not make 25,000, but to make 255,000 in six months of a new project, soup to nuts, from I don't know what the heck I'm doing to I am launching and closing this cart. Four months later, launched it again and made over $300,000. So there's a lot of moving pieces here. But what I didn't mention was that a full year after I had joined that mastermind, I had created a brand new revenue stream of over a million dollars. And this was in addition to my other revenue streams. Now, I need to pause here and I need to explain the whirlwind. That was 2015 and 2016. If you're listening to this podcast for a while, you will know that I'm a first-generation Latina, daughter of an immigrant who was raised on government assistance and help from families at our church. My dad was one of the hardest working people I know. But with a family of five children to support, money was, mm, it was spread thinner than butter on hot toast. It just was all the time. Or should I say butter on a hot tortilla? Okay, a side note, side note. If you have never had a homemade flour tortilla and then spread some butter on the top of that, hot flour tortilla, and then sprinkle a little bit of cinnamon and sugar. Oh, Lord have mercy. I'm now gluten-free. 
right? It's like my soul, my soul longs for those days of being eight and nine years old, eating flour tortillas. I mean, y'all, this is like a ghetto churro, okay? Flour tortilla, butter, cinnamon, sugar, roll it up. And you chomp, come on, come on. See, y'all don't, y'all don't even know. You are sleeping on this magic. But here's the thing. We were helped by the beautiful U.S. American government and help from families at church. Now, it was common for there to be zero money. It was more common than not. We had groceries often dropped off on our porch. And I knew as a child, I knew I had a simple life, but that simple life was filled with love. When I look back at my childhood, I don't look back at lack and want. I look back as I didn't have what others had, but I had a really great family. But in my wildest dreams, I couldn't imagine making $100,000 in one year. Like I couldn't think that big. I don't know how, how else I can explain. The thought never crossed my mind. I would have laughed in your face if you told me that I could make $100,000 in one month. So you could imagine my flat out shock making $255,000 in one week. Like still, when I say those words, it doesn't feel real. Like I was like, oh, wait, we did that? But I'm telling y'all, this is what happens when you surround yourself with people who show you what's possible. They say you're a combination of the five people you hang out with the most. So I was like, okay. I decided to actively cultivate who I was spending time with. I joined my first mastermind hosted by a gentleman by the name of James Wedmore. He has been a podcast guest. And that's where I met Amy Porterfield and Lewis Howes, both people who have been podcast guests. So in the following years, I also joined masterminds with them in other groups. So here's a little crazy thing. In 2017, I was in both James and Lewis's masterminds separately. Yeah, like I was in two high ticket masterminds at the same time because that was how much I was learning and networking and implementing. Y'all, I had never in my life ever seen, ever run with, ever had conversations with people who were so different. They saw the world different. They experienced the world different. They ate different food. They wore different clothes. They invested differently. I felt like the scales from my eyes had fallen into an entirely different world. So I couldn't get enough. I felt like the more I didn't know, I would just keep track of all these things I didn't know so I can go back later and figure them out and then ask myself, can I apply this to my business? So in addition to doing those two masterminds, I'm learning a lot and networking a lot. I also was running my photography business and I was also launching online courses and I launched Social Curator around that time. And with the insights that I learned from those masterminds, I was able to create yet another million dollar revenue stream in 12 months. So based on what I had learned starting in 2015, by 2017, I was able to look at a project and say, I want to earn a million dollars in 12 months. And y'all, I had for a girl who couldn't think that I can make $100,000 in a year, it seems crazy that I would ever have the audacity to think that I can make a million dollars 
in one revenue stream of multiple revenue streams in one year. But I tell you, I set that goal. I told the team, I'm like, this is our goal. We're going to work towards this. And I feel like it would be hard pressed to find another squirrel out in the forest who was collecting those acorns. I was like, I need a million acorns right now. Like the hunger, the drive, the passion to see all the tools I had added to my tool belt in that year and a half, two years. I'm like, I think I can do something different. I think we could do something incredible here. And that became the goal. And so, you know, I don't think I can adequately describe how much those masterminds meant to me. But in light of like full disclosure, it wasn't easy. When I look back at those years, and even though I was growing and there was, you know, a lot I was learning, there was a ton of uncertainty. It felt like I was learning new things every day. Well, actually, never mind. It didn't feel that way. That was my reality. And there is beauty in learning a lot. But the overwhelm came by understanding the more I learned, the more I needed to do. Like every decision was a new decision. Every risk was a new risk. And I think that there's this temptation to paint a rosy picture of the past, right? It's like, so I'm sitting here and I'm like, yeah, well, in 2017, we had multi-millions of revenue streams coming in and blah, blah, blah. And like, people are like, wow, that sounds amazing. And I'm like, yeah, it was and it is, but it came on the back of a lot of growth. And oftentimes growth is hard and growth is heavy and growth is awkward. And the faster you're growing, the more it can hurt because you're breaking out of your old molds. Like if you're a seed, you have to break through the hard ground for you to bloom. So, you know, during that time, when I look back at it, like that seed trying to break out, that squirrel trying to get a nut, like the rosy picture, all of these like descriptions, I'm like, okay. But every month, myself and the team were regularly facing setbacks. And like somebody else might look at that and call it a failure. But in the mastermind, I learned to call them lessons. And so if you could believe that my life up until 2015, I had always said, well, I failed. That was a failure. I'm failing. And what I learned was to change my language and how my changing my language changed my future because I wasn't failing. I was learning. And so in that respect, man, oh man, was I learning some lessons? Okay. Like I was learning a lot. Um, in fact, I'll never forget when it comes to failure, Lewis Howes once told me the only way we move past our fear of failure is to put ourselves out again and again until the sting disappears. Mm. And let me tell you, 2017 was a year full of stings, but I continued to get back up after getting sucker punched. Like, you know, it's like there is this uh, raw, real beauty that, you know, in the beginning of the mastermind, everybody's new and everyone's just like putting their best foot forward. And then as time goes on, you're just like, okay, we need to take off like, you know, the pretty shimmer of what we want people to think and just get real. Because the more we're real, the more we get real answers and real responses to actually change our business. Listen, love me or hate me, I'm going to be exactly who I am and I'm going to articulate the best and worst of my scenario and let you know, I don't know what to do. And I'm learning a lot of lessons and I feel embarrassed asking this. And I feel humiliated that I've made it to this point in my career, having not known anything on the back end. And so when you show up in a mastermind and you're able to say that, people show up for you differently. 
because they see you. And like you, love you, or hate you, they know exactly who you are and they know how to help. And that's what masterminds do. So I'll never forget that as part of Lewis Howe's mastermind, uh, we were meeting in Los Angeles and we would meet once a quarter. But one of the quarters we were meeting in Ohio because he hosts this live event called um, Summit of Greatness. And um, he gets thousands of people in a big theater in Ohio and he brings out like these amazing speakers and musical artists and it's like a whole event. Now, in addition to the event, you will also have the opportunity and as part of the mastermind to be masterminding. So you get there before everybody else and you're going through masterminds and you're getting these key speakers who are speaking on stage, speaking to you in a much smaller room. And then on the day of the event, there's a lot of people that are going in. You know, it for me as an introvert, being around big groups of people, um, it's a little overwhelming, but the hotel was close to the theater and I was able to walk to it. And so one morning, you know, and I kind of kick it alone. I just do. Uh, I loved the people in the mastermind. We got along really well. We all kind of had different schedules. And so I remember walking into the theater. It was very dark and it was packed. And I sat in the very last row towards the back, kind of by, by the AV section. And Lewis was interviewing a few other people and then he takes time and he, he addresses the audience. And he, he said that as part of his mastermind, he likes to highlight two people in the mastermind for two different things. And one of the stories that he was sharing was about a person who had the ability to continuously pursue greatness by getting up after falling and by pursuing who they were and being authentically themselves and not just showcasing what it looks like to get up after getting knocked down, but to encourage other people to do the same. And I'm listening to him say this and I was like, wow, that's what a great person. Great. I mean, like, heck yes, I'm ready to clap for this person. And then he was like, I'd like to give this award to Jasmine Starr. And I was like, number one, I was completely by myself in the last row of this theater. And I'm like, did he just say my name? And so in front of thousands of people, he's like, is Jasmine here? And he brings his hands up above his eyebrows to like, kind of like, he's like, are the house lights on? And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, is this introvert going to literally walk down this aisle? Like it's the world's longest prices right aisle and like walk up on his stage and you want to know what? Oh, yes, I did. Yes, I did. I was like, uh-uh, girl, you did not come from like LA, you know, it's like girl from the hood to come out to Ohio and have somebody you respect wildly at this conference give you an award for getting back up. And you're not going to walk down? I walked down. I got the award. And I look back at that instance and I think to myself, it was more than just a mastermind and it was more than a word and it was more than a conference. It was the unique ability for the first time in my life to have a group of people really see exactly who I was and embrace everything I didn't know and then want to want to help me. So, you know, maybe, like maybe I got an award for resilience, but I got that award because it was the year I learned the most, aka failed. What other people would look at failure, what my old self would say, oh, I failed. It was just, I learned a lot of lessons. So I joined my first mastermind with James Wedmore in 2015. And he said, you know, after me face hurdle after hurdle in my business, that I was a coachable person. Regardless of how bad I felt about things not going as planned, that I wanted to continue getting better. 
And it is in that vein that I had to make the conscious decision to reframe that it wasn't a matter of me learning more because I love learning. People are like, oh, Jasmine, you like teaching. You're such a great teacher. And I'm like, actually, I just like learning. And then honestly, candidly, selfishly, I like sharing what I know with others so we all grow together. But it is in the process of sharing. It's in the process of my teaching that I actually learn more. And so I have to make a conscious decision to put myself in uncomfortable situations. I have to make myself conscious of making myself open and vulnerable when that is not at all my natural default. I have to make the conscious decision to reframe failures as lessons. That was not something that was natural to me. I have to reframe the idea that when people see you fall, getting up is a powerful thing. When I look back at my biggest growth spurts in my career, they were on the back of being in masterminds. And so I talk so much about my experience with masterminds that it was natural for people to ask if I had plans to host a mastermind of my own. And my answer for years has always been, oh no, 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 no. Not because I didn't love masterminds, but because I needed to add more tools to my arsenal. I needed to grow. I needed to prove to myself that I could guide in a way that honored the journey. So like when I say honored, I mean, it sounds like nice. It sounds like a little poem I'm all trying to write, but like, no, no, no. Honoring for me, it simply means that I could curate a group of brilliant people who could work together to build each other's businesses. That's it. That's it. I had to ask myself, do I have the capacity based on a litany of almost 14 years, 15 years as a, 14 years, 15 years, like, so 2005, yeah. 13 years as a business owner, learning all of these things and expediting and investing in my growth. Could I honor the group of people that are brought together so they have a life-changing experience, so they have a breakout year, so they have results that they never thought was possible? That's it. Now, a mastermind is not about me. It's not about any host. When I joined a mastermind, I wasn't joining the mastermind because of James or because of Lewis. When I'm in masterminds with Amy Porterfield or Britt Siva or Brendan Bouchard, I'm not there because of them. It's a bonus, but it's really more about trusting that the host can gather the right people in the room to create magic. This is not one-on-one coaching. It is about the sum of leveraging ideas and strategies all compiled in real time and then staying accountable to the actions that are needed to grow. That's it. In 2023, I've realized that I am ready to create an alchemy of actions and results and accountability. And this is the first time it's ever happened. You know, the last X amount of years have prepared me for this moment and I cannot wait. In fact, 
I am practically jumping out of my skin to start this adventure. The team and I have been working and planning so beautifully for what this will be. We are planning an in-person event as well here in Newport Beach. And we're going to be meeting once a month. And I can't wait to have this live event in like my home area. And I am dedicated to empowering your results in six months. It is a six-month consideration. So if you're interested in learning more, you can join the waitlist and you will be the first to know when applications open. Now, applications are going to be considered on a first come, first serve basis for you to sign up on this waitlist and get access before we announce it. Otherwise, you can go to jasminestar.com forward slash mastermind waitlist. I look forward if we have the opportunity to be connected on a much deeper, deeper level to facilitate what I think could be the most incredible year for you and me. Thanks for listening. <laughs>